0: Theology Thursday live. I actually decided not to do this today, but can't get out of the habit. So, um, the atonement. That's what we're going to be looking at. As I started looking at this, um, they got really involved and, um, I uh, wanted to make it organized. I want to make it understandable. I want to make it where it's not confusing. And, um, and sometimes I like to go through things with a class or group of people where you know we're thinking through these things together I haven't you know rather than putting a class together on a subject and say it already all the way through um what I like to do sometimes is say hey let's explore something together and then you know the way my mind works though you, you can go in all sorts of different directions until and then you come back and some people some people don't like that and that's okay you know but I like to explore. I like to dig. I like to think through. I like to make logical conclusions. I like to see does it line up with scripture. I like to check with other people, other books, other commentaries. Who what other people? You know, have different um, things that they know, different talents, different giftings, and um, and we all are different levels of faith and different levels of understanding of scripture. And so it's um, good to do you know iron sharpens iron. It's the thing we're supposed to do theology together, and. Um, not isolated from history because those are people, too, that have done theology. So as we look at the atonement, it's a very important doctrine of the church. It's um, sometimes called the heart of the, um, of the gospel, the, the atonement. Justification can be the doctrine on which um, the gospel stands or falls, but the heart of these things is the atonement. Um, and the reason, and what I'm going to do, too, another thing with these Theology Thursdays, I'm going to try to keep them 12 minutes or less, which means, you know, it'll be 12 to 13 minutes. But uh, I want to try to keep them small enough where somebody can listen to it without having to, you know, take too much out of their, their time. Um, although some people like to do that, but um, come to church and we do that or watch when we do live classes here. But I think it's very it's, um, important and crucial that we learn to uh, listen, that we learn when you go to church, that I know sometimes uh, my preaching can maybe be, I don't know, over people's heads maybe sometimes. But um, try to break it down more than you know, probably. And uh, not that I'm so smart or anything, but it's easy to use theological jargon and things and um, and have people not really follow it. But I think a lot of the problem is... Um, we become sluggish of hearing, and so we have to be careful of that. We need to be uh, longing to hear from the Word of God and a message from God. So if you're a pastor, and you need to be preaching the Word of God. I mean, I'm sure some people are very engaging and intelligent, and they're very smart. You like to hear what they have to say, but um, I think when you go to church and you listen to your preacher, you want know, to hear what God has to say, what's God saying to us, and then what the pastor's job to do is to exegete that you know bring out the meaning of what's there and then help with some application like how would we apply these things to our lives today so that's what we, we try to do so if you, you go to church and um there's a pastor that's preaching from the word of god make every effort to um fight for a blessing and dr kick who of the professors at seminary who taught homiletics who taught preaching um said you know sometimes you get a fight you you go and you fight for that blessing and sometimes you have to fight harder than other times and um, but you know you go to be blessed and that's what's supposed to happen in the word of God but it's not just something you just sit there and it's just like you know it washes upon you and you just don't you know you don't have anything to do with it you you must actively engage you have to do the work too and 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 your flesh and the world and Satan all conspire together to draw you away from um, important things in your life, and so this is important. It's important for your children to be there with you to see um, that you give special attention to this. They learn how to how to pay attention, even if they can't understand all the words, even if they can't understand all the concepts. Um, I mean, we don't even understand all the words and concepts either. But they're learning that this is important to you, and it should be important to them. And they're learning how to how to how to, how to learn. And one of the things that they that they um, that we need to understand with children too. They understand a lot more than we give them credit for. A lot more. So that when you are, you know, a husband and wife at home and you're like fighting or you're talking about things, it's like the kids know they pick up on all this stuff. You're not hiding anything much from them. Um, so same thing with scripture, with the preaching, it's like, you know, they pick up a lot more than we give them credit for. And if you scoot them out or tell them you don't have to pay attention or something like that, then, um, what are you telling them about the word of God? So I don't think there's anything wrong with giving them something to color or something to keep their attention or something, because you can listen while you do these other things. And, um, so you, 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 um, accommodate things to children. So why do I bring this up? I'm bringing it up because we're going to talk about the atonement. And <laughs> the atonement, and I'm keeping my, I already hit my timer for 12 minutes, and i had got six and a half minutes left. Um, the atonement being so such a, a, a central doctrine to the Christian faith that um, we need to grasp it, we need to wrestle with it, we need to understand it. So my friend Ray Smith was on here for a minute. I don't know if he's still there or not. But one of the things I loved about Taekwondo, he was a Taekwondo instructor, is um anybody can learn to kick and punch. I mean, if you go to a school where people don't really know much, they're always kicking and punching and fighting and stuff. Because, I mean, you know, who can't who, you know kick and punch and fight? But it's breaking these things down into the constituent elements. You know, to be able to look at somebody and go, you know, you're not doing that right. But if you just moved your foot here, try that. You know, and then you see people, Whoa. You know, I can walk. I mean, a, kid, a parent would come in with a child and a lot of times a father would come in with a kid and they'd apologize because they don't think their kids are going to be very good at it. And um, they're used to doing team sports at school where what they do is they pick the kids that already have natural talent and then they just try to go from there. Um, I was always on the team. I don't know what happened. They put me on the team with all these other kids that didn't have any natural talent. It didn't make any sense to me, but there I was. And, um, but there's not a lot of teaching that takes place. So hopefully, you know, you learn that you teach. Things. but in order to teach you have to understand so if you're, t- if you're doing baseball if you don't understand the dynamics sometimes people can just walk in and swing and hit the ball but you need to understand the dynamics in order to teach somebody and see what somebody else is doing and why they're not getting it. Taekwondo a parent would come in and would say hey I'm sorry my kid can't do jumping jacks and I'd be like man if this kid likes this I will teach your kid how to do jumping jacks and they will be mine for the rest of their lives <laughs> you know because learning a skill um that's useful when you didn't think you could is eye opening. And then and that's what's good about being a teacher, any kind of a teacher, to be able to to open people's eyes to truth. And then when you're talking about the truth of God, it's what what greater truth is there? So to be able to open people's eyes, no matter what ages, to the reality of scripture, um, to the reality of God. Um there's no greater thing that there could be, especially in a day when darkness is coming, when lies are being talked about, when um you know, you just there's there's lots of bad things happening, okay? So there's lots of good things happening too. The light um, dispels the darkness, and that's what we have to do. So the atonement um, is what we're going to look at. So we're going to dig into it. I'm going to try to break it up into 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 sections where we can really figure out what it is. I found this, I was about to, I bought this book a long time ago. Dictionary of Theological Terms by Alan Cairns. And I decided, well let me look up the atonement here. And um, it's excellent. Let me just read real quick. It's, so here's how he defines the atonement. The satisfaction of divine justice by the Lord Jesus Christ in his active and passive obedience. See, there's so much right there. There's a bunch of stuff for us to talk about. What does it mean to satisfy divine justice? Do we know what divine means? It means godly and the justice of God. The God is a just God, but God is also love. So you know, so but there is we broke God's law, we've sinned, we deserve his justice, his wrath, but Jesus comes and is active and passive obedience. It means in his living and his dying, and we can talk about that some. And um, and he procures for his people a perfect salvation. Um It goes on talking about how it compares to the word the word um atonement in the Old Testament. The mercy seat, if you read the Old Testament, that's the Ark of the Covenant, had the Kafar the seed on it, and that's called the, um, the, the mercy seat, Yom Kippur, Yom Kippur is the day of atonement. And so that's when your sins, um, were paid for. Um, substitutionary suffering is necessary, It's definite, particular, achieved a purpose, is it limited in its scope Were people, um, did Jesus die for um, the elect only or did he die for everybody and then anybody who happens to believe in him is saved or did he come and specifically purchase and achieve salvation um, for the church? And so that talks about its success. So you know, it's just. I, I think it's going to be fun, but I want to get it organized. I want to get it set up good. I want to kind of get know where I'm going with it, and what we're going to say about it, so we don't do this meandering thing um, where we just talk about stuff and it's like, what was he talking about? So, what I would suggest you do if you're interested in the um, the idea of the atonement is to um, get a, get your Bible out, look in the back, look up the word atonement, read the um, the Words for atonement, mostly what you're going to see if you have a Bible app too, you can search on these words and it's pretty cool. You know, you'll see the word atonement all over the Old Testament, you don't really see it in the New Testament. King James has it one time, Romans chapter 5, I think it's verse 21, but um, it uses the word atonement, but other translations use the word reconciliation. But you know, you're enemies of God. You, we, we sin, we've all fallen short of the glory of God. And so what has to happen? There's nothing you can do atone, to atone for your own sin. You can't pay for your own sin. You can't make it right. You can't re- restore that relationship. And so Jesus died on the cross to restore that relationship. And it was Trinitarian. It's not like God was out to get us and Jesus was like, no, stop. It's like this was this was the eternal plan of God amongst himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, to To glorify himself in more powerful ways by demonstrating his justice, his wrath, his mercy, his love. um, All these things you would have no idea about. Forgiveness, how do you know about forgiveness unless there's sin? So, you know, it's an interesting thing to look at. But if you're going to share the gospel, believe the gospel, you need to understand more and more things about the gospel. So, the atonement. We're going to start looking at it. in about twelve minute little snippets um, from from week to week, do a little bit of study on your own, Google it, you know, see what you find and see what we can do together. and I think what we're going to find is the the atonement the the work of Jesus Christ in his active and passive obedience in his living and his dying for us, the most magnificent thing we can think of, and that gives us a new life and it gives us reason to live and it gives us the ability to call out to other people and say. Come to Christ. Repent of your sins. There is a sacrifice for sin. There is an atoning sacrifice for your sins. Okay, that's my time. Um, Thanks, Jameson, for the idea. And God bless.